This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. In this episode, we're going to be talking about time management and why time management hacks just don't work. Have you ever thought to yourself, if I only download this app, and it's gonna help me improve my productivity by increasing the way that I use time. So a perfect example of this is a while ago, uh, and what I mean a while ago is I mean probably about 10 years ago when apps really first started becoming a thing. I downloaded this app called Routine, and on it, you would hit start and stop every single time you would do something. So how long does it take you to take a shower in the morning? You hit shower, start, stop. Then you would go, how long does it take me to do breakfast? Start, stop. And then how long does it take you to leave the house? Start, stop. Then it took you, you had to do start, stop from the time you did your morning commute to work. So from the moment you got in your car to the moment you walked through the front door, start, stop, start, stop. It would calculate how much time you're doing on every single thing. And then you would log it and you would do this for about a week to two weeks, and then it would automatically kind of figure out what your time usage was uh, for doing these things. The one thing it didn't account for was the amount of time I was taking in between the starts and stops to program the app to tell it what I was doing because it wasn't like a default. It wasn't, you know, there was no AI back then. There was nothing that really gave it any type of default whatsoever. And so I I was using this app and I, I, after about a month, I I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I'm wasting a lot of time on this app and I don't know if it's even saving me any time. And I don't even think it's really giving me any valuable insight onto what I'm actually doing, what I'm actually spending time on. And I went back and I reviewed it all and it was already stuff that I knew. It just told me stuff that I already inherently knew. So then I started looking at other apps. So I've tried the priority matrix app, no, which I fully agree. The priority matrix is good and I highly recommend it on a whiteboard. An app kind of takes more time because you got to program it, you got to type everything in and do all that other stuff. So not quite sure it really saves you time, right? But time management hacks are often promoted as a quick and easy way to improve your productivity. You can go into any app store and type in time management apps and they'll give you like a hundred different things that you can look at. And most of them will take your time. And and so I'm going to go into some more details on exactly why time management hacks don't work. And then I'm going to tell you uh, a little secret that I learned a few years ago that really increased my time management and my productivity. But you got to stick around for a minute before I get to that. And it, it's going to blow your mind. And, and it really blew my mind once I figured out, really. Uh, so, so that's kind of... Uh, where, where we're going with this. So the reasons why time management hacks don't work is because they're not a one size fits all. What works for somebody may not work for another person. And this is because everybody has a different work style and everybody has different preferences. We're all different. So th- you can't take a cookie cutter solution and apply it to every single person. Now, some things are generally true. However, not everything is true. And and so if someone tells you, oh, you've got to do the uh, time blocking technique, well, that might be effective for one person, 
but not effective for another person. It might, maybe you're a big picture person. If you know I need big blocks of time to do certain things every single day, that might help you out. But I would also argue that inherently you already know that. You already know what you got to do every single day. You already know what your morning routine is. You already know what your evening routine is. You already know how long it takes you to get to work. You've already developed those habits and built that in. So do you really need something on a piece of paper to explain that to you? Maybe if you're starting out something new and you're starting a new routine, but once you've been doing it, you don't really need to do that unless you're trying to change a habit, which we'll get into. The other thing is not everyone's ability to focus on a task is the same, right? So some people may be able to focus for three hours on one task without taking a break and be fine and mentally be engaged throughout the whole time. Most people can probably spend about 15 to 20 minutes on something and then your mind is starting to wander. And that's after you've built up the ability to focus on that one task for 15 to 20 minutes. And and really, you know, if you get to like 30 minutes of intense cranial uh, focus on something, you're going to get diminishing returns if you have not trained up to that. Because you're going to start wandering, you're going to start thinking about other things, and you're not really going to be focused on it, so you're going to get diminishing returns. So you you should probably just take a break after 30 minutes. So they're not all one-size-fits-all techniques, right? The other thing is they can be incredibly difficult to implement. Uh, Some time management hacks require a significant amount of time, and they require you to change your habits or your workflow, like the way you actually do things that you've developed to be efficient and proficient in. And this could be incredibly difficult, especially if you're already busy or you're already stressed out. You're less likely to develop a new good habit. And the reason is, is because most people that have poor time management comes from a lack of good habits. You have poor habits, and that feeds into your poor time management you know so therefore in order for some of these hacks to work you must develop a new habit in order to develop a new habit you have to do something routinely for 71 consistent days so that's almost like a month and two weeks in order for you to develop a new habit i don't know that that's a real hack that's really going to save you time and make you more productive it's really just retraining your body um so it's really not effective, which leads me to my next point is these can be very ineffective hacks. You know, they might work for some and some time management hacks are just not effective. So for example, the myth of multitasking has already been debunked by research. You know, I used to think that I could multitask and it was a superpower. I used to, I used to do 40 things at once. And then I realized I was just doing 40 things half-assed and at a 65% solution, and it wasn't really good. It was okay. It got the job done, but it wasn't superior. It wasn't excellent. It wasn't amazing. It was just okay. And why? Because I was doing too much. But I thought multitasking was a superpower and that people would be amazed by that. And some people were, but not everybody. And, and so now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit more refined in my own thinking and thinking about my thinking... There's a few things that I've changed along the way that really magnify productivity, and we're going to get to that. The other thing is, is that time, time management hacks, they focus on tactics and not strategy, right? So you may win the battle, but you're not going to win the war. Time management hacks are often, you know, tactical tips for getting things done faster, right? To improve your productivity, to get something done quicker. However, if you don't have a clear strategy, 
on how you want to use your time, even the most effective hacks will not help you achieve your goals because you don't have the right strategy. You can sit down and play chess all you want. And if your end goal is to take all the other you know, p- uh, person's pieces off of the board on the game, you may win those individual battles, but you're going to lose the overall game because it's about a strategy, not tactics. So time management is about a strategy to get things done in the most efficient time, in the most efficient way, so that way you can produce the most quality work in the most efficient means, in the most best use of your time. Another reason is they don't address the root cause of time management problems. And we've already kind of alluded to that, right? And that's because many people struggle with time management because they're overwhelmed and you have unrealistic expectations of what you can actually get done and to the quality that you can get it done, or you just procrastinate. You wait till the last minute and you're like, oh, I'm just going to get it done and bam, it's done, right? I used to have uh, somebody says, well, if it only takes a minute, you can just wait till the last minute to get it done and then you're done, which, which is true. You could, but it doesn't really bode well uh, for you and doesn't really make you look good either. Right. So time management hacks can help you manage your time more efficiently, but they're not going to solve any of these underlying problems of you being overwhelmed or you having unrealistic expectations. They're not going to solve you procrastinating. They're just going to help you procrastinate better. They're just going to have you help give you more unrealistic expectations because you're going to have this expectation now that you do this hack that you're going to be able to do more. And you're not because the, the problem is you're already overwhelmed. You're already doing too much and you don't realize it. But you think, if I do this hack, I'm gonna be able to do more, and I'm gonna be more productive, when really you're just gonna to add to your plate, you add to your stress, and then you're just gonna continue this spiral of poor time management. Which leads me to, eventually, if you continue to try to do all of these time uh, hacks that you can find, you're eventually gonna get burnt out because you're consistently trying to optimize your time and productivity. And you're gonna find yourself feeling burnt out. And you know, because it's important to take time and it's important to take breaks to do the things that you enjoy. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Like you've got to be able to do the things to give yourself a break so that way you can re-get those neurons firing again after they've been dulled out over you working and focusing on a specific task. You know, you cannot, you know, you cannot multitask through this and then you're eventually going to get burnt out and you're not going to understand why because you're like, all these people are saying, if I do these techniques and I'm going to get better, but you're not. You're just going to get more tired, more bogged down, more overwhelmed, and more stressed. So if you're looking to improve your time management skills, it's important to focus on developing a system that works for you. And this may involve experimenting with different time management techniques and finding what helps you stay focused and productive. So it's also about being realistic about your expectations and to set achievable goals. Uh, We've already done tons of episodes about goal setting and making them achievable and using smarter or smart goals. We've already talked about all that. I want to help you further refine how to do good techniques with time management. So the first thing we need to do is we need to identify our goals. What do you want to achieve with your time? Once you know your goals, then you can start to develop a plan to achieve them. So if you don't know where you're going, you're definitely not going to get there, right? So if you don't know the end result, you're definitely never going to reach it uh, because you don't know. So you got to come up with a clear, identifiable goal. For example, of what this really means. So for me, when I started this podcast, I was like, you know what? I want to develop 
because uh, then I really thought when I first started this out three and a half years ago, almost four years ago now, it's like I don't have much time. So I'm just going to develop one hour a week where I'm going to write an episode, record it, edit it, publish it once a month. And then I got to the point where I got a system down, right? So my goal was one a month. Then it became two a month, which is still at two a month. And I don't think I'm going to change that anytime soon. I might. I have plans in the future for next year. Uh, We might go to four episodes a month uh, because as I get better at my own time management with my own goals, right? I know where I want to go. Then you can develop a plan to get there. Then you have to Once you develop that goal of where you're going to do, so I said I'm going to do one episode a month, I really had to take uh, the large tasks and break them down into smaller tasks, right? And large tasks can be overwhelming. And so when you break them down into smaller tasks, then they seem less overwhelming. They seem less daunting. Like, so for example, the, the longest time for me for a podcast is the research that goes into developing that episode. I already have inherent knowledge about all of these uh, things that we talk about. However, I want to make sure I'm delivering the best quality episode to you. So I will do a slew of research and a slew of reading throughout the week. I may read, you know, 20 to 30 articles or four to five books about the topic. And at first I was like, wow, that's, that's a lot. And then I broke it broke it down into little chunks. It's like, well, I'm only going to do one hour a day of reading. And then it got in, I'm going to do two hours a day of reading. And then my reading got better and I got more proficient at reading. So I was able to do more in smaller increments. So breaking it down gets you to where you need to go. And then the other thing that you need to do is set a deadline for yourself to help you stay motivated and focused on your time management, right? So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do one episode a month, I need to read one hour a day for 28 days. And then I need to, um, be done reading a week prior. So that way I can spend one hour recording and then another hour editing and then figure out how to upload. Cause I f- wasn't, didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't that proficient. So I had to set the deadlines for myself to stay on track. Then the next thing after setting the deadlines is going into prioritizing your tasks. So not all tasks are created equal. Some tasks are more important than others. So you got to prioritize what's the most important stuff and get that stuff done first. So you need to really think about this into of what items do you really need to do versus what you want to do. Okay. So I, at first I was like, you know what? I want to read as much as I can. And then it really came down to, well, I really need to read four to five different pieces of literature to really get the data that I'm looking for. And then from that, I can actually do what I need to do, not versus what I want to do. And then when you focus on what you really need to do, that really frees up your time for your wants as you get more proficient in doing what you're doing. Okay. The other thing about this prioritization of tasks to keep in mind is think of who needs your time versus want your time. Not everyone needs your time. If you have a whole bunch of people constantly taking up your time and you're giving it away to them to do things for other people, which is a noble thing. Don't get me wrong. I think that's completely fair and equitable and everybody should help people out. However, if it's taking up majority of your time and it eats into the time that you need to do things, then that's a want, right? Other people want, they don't necessarily need because otherwise their needs are becoming your needs. And that's not really how it works. So you really need to think about 
who really needs your time versus who really wants your time. And then you need to take breaks. It's important to take breaks throughout the day and to avoid burnout. You know, you got to get up and you got to move around every so often. So I would take it like this. So if you can focus on something for 30 minutes, then take a five minute break. Do some push-ups, do a little minor workout, do some air squats at your desk or whatever it is you're doing because exercising actually gets your brain going again. Uh, it, it, it gets everything flowing, your blood your blood flowing, your brain starts working, the creative uh, centers of your brain start firing again when you start working out like that. Or go talk to a friend, uh, you know, something that's enjoyable to you. Go go talk to a friend, play a quick game, a mind uh, game that really, you know, you can kind of zone out, refocus, and then get back to doing what you're doing. And it's important to take breaks. Uh, you don't need long breaks. You don't need a 30-minute break after you've worked for 30 minutes. You don't need to do that. You only need about a 5 to 10-minute break to really get around, get the blood pumping again, and to get focusing. And eventually, you'll be able to work longer with fewer breaks. Especially when you get really proficient at what you're doing. You could probably spend about a good hour and a half to two hours legitimately focused on something once you build up to it before you need a break. But I would also say the longer you work, the little bit longer break. So if you work for an hour and a half on something, give yourself a 10 to 15, 20 minute break before you go back to doing it. You got to give your body the chance to move around and feel like a human being again after you've been slaving away, studying, reading, focusing, using your brain on something. And lastly, we need to look at delegating tasks, right? So if you have the ability to delegate a task, do it. This will free up your time so you can focus on the most important things, right? Because we talked about prioritization. We talked about what you really need to do versus what you want to do. And then I kind of view it like this. What is it that I actually need to do versus what can somebody else do? And that is dependent upon how important it is and how urgent it is to my bosses. So if something's really urgent and really important, I'm doing it. If it's important, but not so urgent, I'm, I'm probably going to do it too myself. If it is important, but not urgent and not timely, then I'm probably going to delegate it and make sure I follow up on it. So you've got to really take a look at what it is that you really need to do versus what somebody else can do as a developing uh, technique as well. Uh, Because delegating tasks is also a good way to get other people exposure and experience to things that they necessarily wouldn't have uh, because of whatever it is that they're working and delegating those tasks and really help them improve and develop those other people. So it's important to delegate. And then you, know, you always have to remember as well to build in time to follow up on all delegated tasks because it's your responsibility anyway to get it done. So if you delegate it to somebody on your team, make sure you follow up and make sure it's getting done the way you want it to get done and that it needs to get done to the best quality available. I say this because you might be thinking, well, you, you've said all of this. I still don't understand what it is that you're saying that you come came to the realization a couple years ago that really helped you change the way you view time management. And that is I adopted the Pareto principle, which is I focus 20% of the tasks that give me the 80% of the results that I need to get after. And one way I do that every year, I come up with three goals. And then after those three goals, every quarter, I come up with three goals that I'm going to do that build upon each other that helps me achieve those three yearly goals. Then every month, I come up with three big things that I need to achieve every month to get after that quarterly goal. Every week, I choose three big things to help me get after that monthly goal. Every day, I choose three things 
that are going to get me after that monthly goal. And if I don't do anything else throughout the day, the 80% of my time gets taken up with all of the tasks and everything that I have to do. My top three will get done, which is that 20% that gives me the 80% of the results that I am looking for. No matter what, I'm going to do those things. And what I've noticed is I am more productive and I have more efficient use of my time. I have been able to manage a full-time job, my family, and, and, and this podcast now, which I'm trying to grow. Um, and I've actually opened up the website, timstayintheobvious.com. Go check it out. It's a great uh, resource for you. Got tons of things on there. From then, you know, growing the podcast to the website, to opening the business, to then doing blog posts, and then there's other things that we're going to do. And it all goes down to focus, right? Because I'm spending 20% of the things, I'm focusing my energy on 20% of the things that I need to do that's going to give me the greatest 80% yield and result that get after my goal. So that means the 80% of my day really only affects 20% of my life. So take a look at that. It's important to remember that time management is an ongoing process. It doesn't stop. You know, there's going to be times where things don't really work out and your system doesn't work for you because life happens. It happens. It it's just what it is. But you need to remember to not get discouraged about it. You just pick yourself up, start over again, and keep going. And and that's the best that anyone can do. So I will say the best technique is pen and paper and picking three things that you want to do to help you achieve your goal. You can download all the apps in the world. You can do everything. But if you don't have discipline, if you don't have good time management, meaning getting after your, your three big things with discipline, you're never going to really get after good time management. So those are a couple things to think about. Uh, and if you, you if you have a different opinion, please share me share with me and let me know. I'd really like to hear from you on what you think. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you if I could. If you could please share this episode with two to three people who you think might like this topic. If you haven't followed or subscribed on the platform that you're listening to, Please hit all the bells and whistles and the icons and alerts that you can so you can like and subscribe, follow, alert, whatever. Uh, so that way, you know, when we post another episode, I don't want to waste your time. You coming back and checking new uh, for new stuff. It'd be great. But I really want you to come back when we have something new that you'll get some value out of. If you got value out of this episode, please leave a review or comment so we can help spread this show with other people who might be interested in the topics that we talk about on our show. Again, thank you for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.